All right, hello everyone. I'm Trevor Bills, and I went to Nauru to mail postcards. Uh, it's been a few weeks now since I got back stateside after going out there, and I wanted to sit down and kind of go through the whole story of how everything happened and played out, why I did it, how I did it, and how it went, what I learned, all kinds of things like that. Uh, so first of all, the big reason is I wanted to send postcards for post-crossing. And for those of y'all who are not familiar with post-crossing, it is an online postcard exchange project that started, I believe, back in 2005. And it's essentially like social media, but with postcards. Uh, so you sign up for an account, you draw a random address for a random member somewhere else in the world, and you mail them a postcard, and then once it arrives, somebody else, another random member somewhere in the world, draws your name and address and mails a postcard back to you. And the way that they keep track of all these postcards is with the postcard ID number, which is a serial number. Uh, so each postcard sent and received officially through the website postcrossing.com comes with a serial number uh, so that you can identify the postcard and uh, keep track of it. Each country has its own country code, and they start with one. So the very first postcard sent ever was PT-1, uh, which was the first postcard sent from Portugal. PT is the code for Portugal. The code here in the United States is U.S., and so the first postcard ever sent from the United States was US-1. Uh, so that is kind of the background on postcrossing. I've been a member for several years now, really enjoy it. I've been a big postcard fan for many years. And so to be able to join this project and exchange postcards with just random strangers from around the world and sometimes friends from around the world as a result of some of the connections I've made uh, has been really special so far and so fun. Uh, so that kind of brings us to this part. Um, Post-crossing has something called travel mode. Uh, this originated back in 2017, and it allows you to send postcards from other countries and get the post-crossing uh, country ID code for those countries when you mail it. Uh, so for instance, the code for uh, the United Kingdom is GB, standing for Great Britain. And so if I were to go visit the United Kingdom and mail postcards from there, uh, I would have the GB uh, code. And so you can kind of collect a bunch of different countries that you have been to and, and send postcards from there to other people. This is especially popular with a lot of countries that don't have as many members or don't have really a lot of people who live there and are quite small. And there are a number of these that send very few postcards every year. And most of the postcards that get sent from some of these countries in a typical year are all from tourists. Uh, so Postcrossing has a blog, and they periodically spotlight some postcrossers who have been 
doing really interesting things. And I read a couple of blog posts from them that were very inspiring. The first one uh, was about uh, Aklax, I believe is how to pronounce it, A-C-C-L-A-X, who is from based in Switzerland, being the first person to ever mail postcards via Postcrossing, the official platform with an ID code and everything from the country South Georgia. And then Andrew1961 from Estonia, who drove across the continent of Africa and mailed postcards from each country that he visited along the way, which was also really cool. Uh, And so there were a couple blog posts about this telling their story. And after I read through those, I was inspired to do some traveling to a country that had not had any uh, official postcrossing cards ever sent from it. Uh, so that I could bring postcrossing to a country that didn't have it previously and send some postcards while I was there so that people would receive them and also, um, you know, be able to receive a postcard from an interesting country that a lot of people have never heard of. And as a matter of fact, I had actually never heard of Nauru either before I went down there. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. So how did I decide to go to Nauru? There were a few different countries that nobody had ever sent postcards from before. And I did research on each of them and found that Nauru seemed to be the most interesting one that I could get to very easily. And based on the flight schedules, I would also be able to fly in and then spend a day or so there and then leave the following day and uh, continue onward without having to spend several days ago, uh, there. So Nauru is incredibly remote, but it's also well-connected by regular air service uh, on passenger aircraft with commercial airlines operating these flights. However, they don't operate these flights every day of the week. And so I had to kind of schedule things in a way that would allow me to fly in and then Uh, leave easily. So after I decided that Nauru was going to be the best country for me to go visit to send postcards from, I had to start doing research on how actually to get there. And so I first started looking at the Flight Radar 24 app, and I found the airport that they have there in Nauru, And I looked at the inbound and outbound flights and got to know the schedule for when planes came in and and out and where you could go. Uh, So Nauru Airlines operates flights from Nauru uh, to Brisbane, Australia, and then also Tarawa, Kiribati, and onward to Majuro in the Marshall Islands. And then they also operate flights out to Nadi, Fiji, And I believe a couple other kind of small islands with seasonal service as well sometimes. And I liked this because I'm a big airplane fan. And I wanted to be able to kind of visit some other countries along the way on my way to Nauru. And also because the flight to Majuro in the Marshall Islands would allow me to fly on the first segment of United Airlines' Island Hopper service, uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit here. So 
in the planning stage for getting to Nauru and how this all worked out, after kind of figuring out the flights I was going to need to take and the dates that I would be able to go, I learned that I was going to need to apply for a visitor's visa in order to go visit Nauru. And now Nauru is the third smallest country in the world by land area. The smallest are Vatican City and Monaco, and those are both kind of in the Europe area. And so not only is Nauru the third smallest country in the world, but it's the smallest country in the world outside of Europe. And it's also known as the smallest republic in the world that has its own national airline, which is really cool. And I read in a couple spots online that it is the least visited country in the world by tourists, uh, with fewer than 200 people visiting annually for tourist reasons. And uh, after I learned all that, I decided, you know what, yep, that is a great place for me to go visit. I think this is going to be very exciting. And it was. So in order to apply for this tourist visa, I first started taking a look at the Nauruan government website and seeing if I could find anything there about how to apply for a tourist visa. And Nauru doesn't have an embassy here in the United States, but they do have a permanent mission to the United Nations uh, in New York City, very close to the United Nations headquarters. And so I called that office, and they unfortunately didn't have the information for me about how I could apply for a tourist visa. And so finally, I found a contact email for Nauru Airlines, and I explained, hey, I would like to come visit Nauru. I want to book a ticket uh, with your airline and, and fly with you guys to get down there and visit. How can I apply for a tourist visa? And the wonderful customer service representative emailed me back a PDF of the actual uh, visa application, which was several pages long. And in addition to that, an email address to contact uh, a government official in Nauru at the consulate in Brisbane, and then also contact information for the Nauru Tourism Board. So I had the application now to apply for a visa and this was a really interesting part because they wanted a lot of information that I haven't had to provide previously when visiting other countries. It's not like uh, going to various countries in the European Union, for instance, where people from the United States can just show up and have their United States passport and say that they're going to be there for tourism purposes for a limited amount of time and just be let in. Uh, so getting this visa was interesting. So the first thing I had to do was provide a travel itinerary. I needed to list the dates that I wanted to fly in and the flight numbers that I was going to take, as well as the accommodation. Uh, so I had to find on the internet a hotel in Nauru. I think there are two different ones, and I chose the one nearest to the airport because it provided an airport hotel shuttle which was very helpful. And then after that, I, I needed to give a cover letter explaining why I wanted to go as well as my occupation. So my occupation currently is a college student. And so I listed that. And in the cover letter, I explained that I wanted to come down to Nauru to visit so that I could buy some postage stamps 
and mail postcards while I was there because I'm also a stamp collector as well as a postcard enthusiast, and that is why I wanted to come visit. So after filling out all that, there were a number of other things that I needed to provide. Uh, I had to send, you know, the usual stuff, a copy of my passport, an extra copy of my passport photo, a copy of my COVID vaccine certificate, and uh, then a document proving my occupation. I sent a copy of my student ID card, and I had to wire some money to the Nauruan government as the visa application fee, which was also an interesting process, figuring out how to actually wire money down there. Uh, but it all worked out nicely. And then in addition to that, I had to go to the doctor's office and get a, a certificate of medical fitness. They had to do a little physical exam on me, make sure that I was in good health, and then even do uh, chest x-rays is what they asked for, uh, I believe to verify that I don't have tuberculosis, uh, which was also interesting. And uh, then after that, I had to go to my local police department and get a letter from them saying that I don't have a criminal record and include that in there as well. It had to be notarized and everything, and then a notarized copy of my passport verifying that it was, in fact, legit. And then I had to pack all of that up in an envelope and mail it off to the consulate in Brisbane, uh, representing Nauru. So I, I did that. I got all the paperwork together and I submitted it. I put it in this envelope and I mailed it off. And I knew it got delivered shortly thereafter. And then I just had to wait and see if they approved it. And I was kind of thinking to myself, this is such a crazy thing to do. Uh, who would go somewhere just to mail postcards and buy stamps? They're going to think that I have some kind of ulterior motive and put me on a watch list or something and reject my visa. Uh, but a couple weeks later, I got an email from the consulate in Brisbane, and they said that my visa was approved. And it was approved as visa number... 150. So I believe I was the 150th person uh, to get approved for a tourist visa to visit Nauru in 2023, which is very interesting. Again, I had heard online that it was less than 200 people typically who visit Nauru every year. And so if I was the 150th, then that is, it's lower than, than 200. So that's very interesting. Uh, so I prepared and I got some things in order and everything and uh, then it was time for me to head out there. And so the way I chose to get to Nauru is first I had to go to Majuro out in the Marshall Islands. So I flew from my hometown of Houston, Texas here in the United States out to Honolulu, Hawaii. And then I spent a couple nights there. I visited Hawaii. I saw some things. And that was important because you have to have at least an overnight layover uh, because the, the flight to Majuro leaves in the morning. And so you can't just fly straight there in one day. So the flight out to Honolulu was about seven hours. And then the next day, the flight onward to Majuro was another five hours or so. And we crossed the international date line in the process. So we left one day. And then it was the next day when we landed, uh, which was very interesting. And so 
that flight is the first segment in United's Island Hopper, which is a very important uh, flight out there. Uh, it makes several stops in the Marshall Islands and then the Federated States of Micronesia and eventually finishes in Guam. And this is important because a lot of people live out there and it's quite remote. And so this flight that comes through there a few times a week is what keeps the people on those islands connected to Hawaii and then the mainland United States. And so it allows them to transport uh, very important supplies out there as well. And so loading up all the luggage and everything, you can see them loading a lot of coolers. Uh, people frequently bring fish back with them from the islands to Hawaii and Guam. And then in Hawaii and Guam, they pick up meat and restock the coolers and then bring them back uh, out to Micronesia and the Marshall Islands. So that was a really interesting kind of experience to be on that first segment of the flight. A lot of people ride it all the way out to Guam or they get off at some of the other stops. Uh, but I got off at the first stop in Majuro. And before I could go out there, this was an, a very interesting situation on kind of the back end, the behind the scenes uh, for sending postcards in travel mode. So when you want to send postcards via travel mode from another country, you have to have a local internet connection, um, a local IP address so that they can verify that you are in fact um, where you say that you are. And that way we don't have people cheating and, and trying to send postcards from countries that they're not actually visiting. Uh, so for instance, if I'm here in the United States, I can't just set my location to Germany and then mail postcards with a German post-crossing ID number while I'm just still right here in Texas. Uh, because if anybody could do it, it wouldn't be as special. And uh, we like to we like to keep things special. And it keeps the stats all in order as far as distance traveled and uh, a good representation of how many postcards are actually being sent uh, per country. So while I was still in Hawaii and I had internet access, uh, and Anna and Paulo from Post Crossing were very helpful in making this whole everything work uh, for this. And Paulo did some work on the back end and post crossing, some good technical stuff that would allow me to draw the uh, IDs and addresses to send these postcards even without the local internet connection. And that was because nobody had ever sent postcards in travel mode uh, from the Marshall Islands or Kiribati, and no one had sent postcards that had ever been received from Nauru at all, actually. And so we didn't know if I was going to be able to find local internet connections or really internet connections at all. And so that was very helpful to have those addresses in advance um, while I was still in, in Hawaii and had all the Wi-Fi. And uh, yeah, so I just sent them my trip information and they kind of helped me out and made it work. So I was able to get those all ready to go. And once I landed in Majuro, I got to go through customs and everything. They stamped my passport. I came in and right there at the airport, they have a post office. And so I went there and mailed the postcards from the Marshall Islands. I had purchased postcards in advance online. Um, 
with the Marshall Islands flag. And then I, I bought some for Kiribati and Nauru as well. And that was because I didn't know if they were going to have any postcards available for sale out there. These are all countries that don't get a whole lot of tourists every year. And tourists are the big driver for postcard sales. And so a lot of times if you don't have tourists coming, then these stores will not print postcards and have them in stock for people to buy because people just don't buy them. So it was a good thing I, I did have that because there were not any postcards for sale in Majuro that I could find at any of the shops or the other post office. Um, so I mailed them out while I was there and the gentleman working the counter at the post office was very nice and he hand postmarked all of them so that everybody knows that they came from Majuro. And this was, this is especially interesting because out there, the Marshall Islands Postal Service and also the Postal Service of the Federated States of Micronesia both issue their own stamps. However, the United States Postal Service is responsible for handling all the mail for these countries. Uh, they used to be United States territories and got their independence back at some point in the 80s. And so they are their own technically sovereign countries now, but the U.S. Postal Service still takes care of their mail. Uh, so anytime you purchase a Marshall Islands postage stamp, that money goes to the Marshall Islands Postal Service. But if you use it on a mail piece, the Marshall Islands Postal Service will reimburse the United States Postal Service for the value of that stamp. And that's how it works for Federated States of Micronesia and also uh, other postal entities such as the United Nations Postal Service. So, yeah, so you can use United States postage stamps or Marshall Islands postal stamps uh, while you're out there. And so I mailed them all from there. And then it was time for me to go to my hotel for the night in Majuro. Uh, I had a night there before continuing onward the next morning. And Majuro was really a, a very nice island. So the Marshall Islands are made up of several um, atolls out there. And Majuro is the largest of all of them by far. Uh, a lot of them are much smaller. And getting off the plane in Majuro is really fun. So they kind of load the air stairs up right next to the plane. And you get to walk down the stairs and the plane is it's large. It's a Boeing 737. And then you get to just walk around on the ramp before you walk into the terminal and go through customs and all that. And then people who are continuing onward all the way to Guam or to any of the other stops are also allowed to get off and kind of stretch their legs a little bit before they have to keep going. So that stop was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed visiting Majuro, uh, one of the interesting things that I saw at my hotel, they actually have a reserved parking spot for the president of the Marshall Islands. Uh, so anytime the president happens to stop by the hotel, there is a parking spot always reserved uh, for the president to park in, which was really cool. Uh, I enjoyed walking around the beach while I was there and looking at some of the cool rocks. They do a lot of fishing there in the Majuro area and the Marshall Islands as a whole. So I got to see all the fishing boats kind of out in the distance, catching fish. And I even got to try some fresh fish in the hotel restaurant 
that had just been caught earlier that day, uh, which was incredibly delicious and so much fun. So it's a, a very remote spot, and there is not a whole lot going on there for tourists, but the beaches and the landscapes and the views and everything are beautiful, and it definitely is a great place to go visit. Uh, there unfortunately was not any cell service for me, uh, but the hotel had Wi-Fi, and I did find out that there is a local internet connection there. So if anybody else wants to go uh, out to Majuro in the Marshall Islands, you will be able to send postcards from travel mode without having to ask the post-crossing support uh, to help take care of that ahead of time. So the I spent the night there, and the next morning I headed back over to the airport to fly onward to uh, Tarawa Kiribati and then Nauru. And I had already requested some addresses from Kiribati so that I could mail postcards there. I bought stamps for Kiribati online in advance and had them with me ready to go, thinking that uh, when the plane stopped in Tarawa, I'd be able to just get off and add the stamps on the postcards, find a mailbox, and mail them before I had to get back on the plane and fly onward to Nauru. They were making a stop there. Um, Nauru Airlines kind of operates their own island hopper flight similar to that of United, but just in different islands. Unfortunately, I could not find a mailbox at the airport there in Tarawa, and nobody was willing to go mail them at a post office for me, even though I asked nicely, unfortunately. And so I had to just hold on to those and mail them from Nauru when I got there. Uh, so we got back on the plane and we flew onward to Nauru and Nauru is, it's really small. And so you can see the entire island country at once out the window, uh, of the, of the plane. But I got in, it was kind of in the late evening and I made it over to my hotel. And once I got to the hotel, I asked if they had any Wi-Fi there. Uh, and they, they don't, they don't have Wi-Fi at the hotel. So I asked how I could get on the internet and the hotel manager kind of explained that I would need to buy a SIM card and that they would plug it into a modem and set up the modem. And then I would be able to get on the internet. Um, so I tried to do that. And unfortunately they actually were sold out of SIM cards. So I was kind of just off grid for about 30 hours between the time that I got into Nauru and then the time that I left because there's no cell service out there, uh, for me at least, and I could not get a SIM card to access the Wi-Fi. Uh, but that was that. So this was one of those moments, it was really surreal, kind of just being there and after all these months of planning to know that I was finally in Nauru, this incredibly remote island, um, and for, for reference, it's about four and a half hours by plane northeast of Brisbane, Australia. And four and a half hours by plane is roughly how far or how long it takes to fly from Houston to Seattle. Uh, I'm a, a Houston resident, so uh, another four and a half hour flight example would be, I think, Los Angeles to Orlando. Uh, is also four and a half hours. So it's it's pretty 
far out there, uh, just in the middle of nothing. And so to kind of be there and, and have the realization that all of my preparation had kind of happened uh, so far, was it was really cool. Uh, however, there was still one key thing. I needed to mail the postcards the next day. So I spent some time walking around the island first uh, and kind of watching the sunset over the beach, which was full of some nice rocks to look at. And that was a really neat experience. And then I went back to my hotel room and I wrote out all of the postcards that I was going to send uh, the next day. And unfortunately, at some point, somebody had drawn uh, post-crossing ID numbers from Nauru, uh, and their country code is NR. And so somebody else got NR1 uh, before I could. The first number I drew was NR-7. Uh, so these were the first postcards to get sent and actually arrive from Nauru, uh, but somebody else at some point or another had either switched their account location there or, you know, or something. Maybe they sent the postcards and they just never arrived. Uh, but I wrote out all these postcards. I had them ready to go. The only thing they were missing uh, were the stamps. And so the next morning, I asked the hotel manager for directions on how I could walk to the post office and go mail these things. And the hotel manager said, no, 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 you know, you don't have to walk the hotel shuttle driver can, can take you. And so the hotel shuttle driver took me to the main post office first, but it wasn't open yet for the day. It was going to open about 30 minutes later. And so he, he then drove me to another post office. They've got three post offices here uh, that I know of in, on the whole island, the whole country of Nauru. And the first one is the only one that's open on a Saturday. The rest are just open during the week. So we had gone to the correct post office first, but he wanted to go check and see if any of the others were open. Uh, so we visited the other two and couldn't, you know, they, they weren't open. We couldn't do anything. And so eventually we kind of made a whole lap around the country a couple times. And it takes about 15 minutes to drive an entire lap uh, just around this whole country because it's so small. And so the hotel shuttle driver, fantastic guy, uh, gave me a great tour of the country, just driving around and kind of telling me where things were. Uh, we saw a lot. There were a lot of people outside, some kids playing a little pickup game of soccer near the, the school, and uh, it was a, a lively scene. We stopped by a cafe and went inside to look at a little grocery store, and kind of see what they had going on in there. And it, it was really neat. So we finally ended up back at the post office, which at this point had opened for the day. And I went into the post office and this post office is not like post offices that I've seen really in any other country uh, because it kind of also was a general store. So we have some places, especially like in the UK that are pharmacies, general stores, kind of kind of drugstore places that also have a post office inside them. But this was not like that. It, it was like the post office is also a drugstore, uh, not a, a drugstore that's also a post office, if that makes sense. Uh, but I went in and they had all kinds of things for sale in this post office that kind of also doubles as a drugstore. 
They had uh, freezers, you know, deep freezers, and they also had TVs. So you could go buy a TV and coolers, um, coffee tables, suitcases, uh, all just right here at the post office. And then they also had things you would typically find in a post office, like envelopes and pens and kind of stationary things like that. Uh, but then they also had the drink section, and there was this grape-flavored kind of grape juice artificial beverage that the hotel shuttle driver uh, recommended. And I tried it, and it was, it was really good. It tasted kind of just like grape Kool-Aid here in the States. Uh, but anyway, at this point, I'm at the post office counter, and it was time to mail some postcards. They had some postcards for sale there as well. Uh, that I bought several of, but all of the postcards I had with me ready to mail were postcards I had bought online in advance and had them all prepared and ready to go. And it costs $1.50 in Australian dollars uh, to mail postcards internationally from Nauru, um, which is about the equivalent of one US dollar or a little bit less than one euro. And here in this post office, they had, they had all these binders uh, on a big shelf. And these binders were full of sheets of stamps. Uh, so kind of all of the stamps that they had ever put out here in Nauru, all of the extras that they had, they just put in binders and had them out on display. Uh, so they never took them off sale or you know put them back in the vault or anything like that. You could just flip through all these pages and pages of stamps and binders and pick out the stamps that you like the best and then put them on the postcards. Uh, so I found some really fun ones that had fish on them. Uh, this was a joint issue that they had done with the World Wildlife Fund uh, several years ago, and it was a $1 stamp with a fish on it. And then I also found a bunch of these 50-cent butterfly stamps. And so they were both really colorful and they kind of fit nicely on the postcards in the stamp space. And so I, I was using these $1 fish stamps with the 50 cent um, butterfly stamps to, to hit that $1.50 international rate. And I sat there and stuck all of these stamps on the, on the postcards and then I gave them to them. Uh, to, to mail out. And this was July 28th when I did it. And so I thought, you know, it, should, it shouldn't be too long before these postcards start to arrive. Uh, one of the addresses that I drew was for a postcrosser in Australia and uh, in, in Brisbane at that, which is one of the other places that you can fly to from uh, Nauru. So I thought for sure, uh, you know, this postcard probably won't make it in the outgoing mail on the flight to Brisbane today, but surely it'll make it on the flight to Brisbane next week or something. And then once it gets there, maybe it takes a few days to arrive. So hopefully this first postcard to ever be sent from Nauru and actually arrive should arrive in two weeks or less. Right. Um, I was very wrong. <laughs> So the, the first postcard to arrive actually is one that I mailed to myself, uh, to my home in Houston, and it was postmarked on September 14th. So I, I mailed all of these. I handed them over to the post office employees at the post office 
on July 28th, and they didn't get postmarked until September 14th. So I don't know what happened to them. Uh, if they were waiting for a, a full bin or something before they actually got these ready to mail or what, but it took uh, quite some time for them to actually get ready to go out. And uh, then the, the postcard finally arrived to the postcrosser in Australia, and I sent her a message and she replied. Hers was postmarked actually on September 21st. So they waited another week after postmarking the one going to me in Houston. Uh, to postmark hers going to Australia. So one of the great mysteries of the global postal system is why these took so long to arrive and why they just sat and didn't go anywhere. Who knows? But the important thing is that they've started arriving and a lot of people have been receiving their postcards now, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, I believe at the moment, 12 of them have arrived which is really great. I sent 17 uh, from there, and uh, it's, it's awesome to see all of these postcards arriving, and then especially the ones I sent to friends and family, uh, a lot of post-crossing friends that I've kind of picked up along the way uh, throughout this whole journey so far, and uh, I sent some to them, and a lot of them were very surprised. They were you know, I've never heard of Nauru before. Where I had to Google that. I had to kind of look up where it is on the map and see what I could learn about it. So that was a, a really interesting experience. And after I got all these postcards mailed, it was time for me to go back to the hotel and gather my stuff and pack it up and everything uh, and get ready to, to go back to the airport and fly onward to Brisbane, Australia. And at this point, it had probably been about 25, 26 hours or so with no internet. And it was quite refreshing, actually, to just be totally off the grid for a little bit and uh, not have anything to worry about. Uh, no notifications, no emails I needed to reply to, no text messages I need to reply to. I could just go out and kind of enjoy everything. So I went for a walk near the hotel and saw some more of the beaches now in the daylight and I enjoyed just putting my toes in the sand and walking around, enjoying the nice water. And, and these beaches really are, they're so beautiful. Uh, I posted some pictures. I'll, I'll post some more. Uh, I'll probably write a, a post on the post-crossing forum about this, uh, the whole thing, so that I can include some pictures and everything. And then I'll add a link uh, to this audio recording as well, so that if anybody wants to listen to me, go into a lot more depth about the whole thing uh, that they can do so. But if you just want to see some pretty pictures, check that out. Uh, but anyway, it was, it was time to go finally. And so I uh, got back in the hotel shuttle and we went to the airport. Uh, security didn't take too long, nothing too crazy. Uh, but on the way in, um, I, so when I got to the hotel, and or, but first I was going through customs the customs agent who was checking my passport and stamping me in and everything and verifying my visa documents had actually never seen a passport from the United States before. And so he was very interested in uh, kind of what the passport looks like and, and uh, the eagle on there. He asked me, why is there an eagle on here? And I got to explain that that's our national symbol. And uh, 
I told someone that I was from Texas and, and they were like, oh, that's where the Dallas Cowboys are. And so one thing I've learned is that, you know, everybody has heard of Texas um, and everybody, a lot of people know about the Dallas Cowboys for some reason. And anytime I say I'm from Texas, uh, there's usually one of two things that somebody says after that. They, they usually either say something about the Dallas Cowboys or they say, Houston, we have a problem, uh, which is another thing that Texas and especially my wonderful hometown of Houston is known for uh, due to us having mission control from NASA and all of that. Uh, and at the hotel, when I was getting checked in and everything, the hotel manager said I was only the second person from the United States that he had ever seen at the hotel. Uh, the first was our ambassador, who was at the embassy, which is based in Fiji. And uh, that embassy serves the surrounding islands, uh, such as Nauru and Kiribati, uh, as well as Fiji, of course. So that was that was really interesting to only be the second person from the States that uh, a lot of these people had ever met. So they, they really just don't get a whole lot of people who come visit. And it's not a bad place to visit uh, by any means. It's just kind of difficult to get there. And once you're there, it's very remote. And then also there's, there's little to no internet access. And uh, for a lot of people, those, those aren't, you know, really fun things to do. Uh, but for other people, that's very exciting. And so I certainly enjoyed my visit to Nauru and, uh, and everything it had to offer. The people were incredibly friendly. We had a great time kind of meeting them and chatting with the hotel employees and, and all that. So it was, it was interesting. Uh, but anyway, it was time for me to leave. Uh, I went back through customs to leave and the person stamping me out of the country was also interested in the U S passport, uh, because she hadn't seen one before either. Again, they, they really just don't get a whole lot of people from the States down there. I think it's mostly uh, people from Australia who travel out to Nauru uh, for various reasons. Typically also not for tourist purposes. It's, it's usually work and things of that nature, business purposes. So that was fun. Uh, I got on the plane and we were flying to Brisbane then. And once I got to Brisbane, I had to go through customs again. And uh, I had I had some jerky in my suitcase, and so I needed to go to the customs line and declare this. And the customs guy kind of read my paper, and he saw that my point of origin on this flight was Nauru, and then but I had a, a U.S. passport. And he goes, Nauru, what's an American doing in Nauru? And uh, so I got to explain to him then uh, all about post-crossing and how post-crossing has taken me to some interesting places before, uh, but never quite as remote as Nauru. And uh, so I got to explain that that's how I ended up there and all of that. So all in all, it was a, a really interesting trip after getting to Australia I spent some time in Brisbane and a few days in Sydney and then a few days in Auckland before I needed to fly back to the United States. And it was, it was just really awesome. The whole trip was so cool. And I learned a lot. I mailed a lot of postcards. 
and I look forward at the end of every year, post-crossing, we love stats. Uh, the whole post-crossing community, is, it's very interesting how much everybody loves the statistics that come out of it. And so every year, post-crossing puts out a, a list of all of the countries that had postcards sent from them each year and, uh, you know, and, and how many got sent from each. And so I'm very much looking forward to the end of the year when we, we see that list and Nauru is not going to be the last uh, because already 12, 12 postcards have arrived from there. So we're going to be ahead of some other countries at least, uh, which was really cool. So it was a, a very rewarding experience. I'm happy I got to share a little bit of Nauru with the postcrossers who received the cards and uh, my friends and family who I also sent a little piece of Nauru to. Um, but yeah, that is, that is that. Thank you so much for listening to me tell you about how I went to Nauru to mail postcards. And I look forward to many more adventures and traveling and sending postcards. We'll see where it takes me. Signing off, this is Trevor Bills. Have a great day.